passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football And good afternoon and welcome in on this, what is this, Monday. Thanks for being here, Uh, Martin Luther King Day, and we'll be talking about that as well. We uh, say hello to you uh, on a very important day, and uh, we have a lot to do on the program. So uh, why don't we get started? And we've got some uh, things to share with you. Kaylin DeBoer. Kaylin DeBoer, who can't wait for the journey ahead. It's just such an honor to be here. Um, you know, I can't tell you, you know, if, over the years when I look at Alabama football, what, uh, what it means and what it stands for. And I'm um, just constantly at the top, you know, at the top. And uh, to be the next head coach here is something special. So who is Kalen DeBoer? 49 years old from Millbank, South Dakota. He went to Sioux Falls where he uh, was the head coach and won three NAIA national titles, 67-3. and He was at Indiana. I actually worked there with Kane Womack, the uh, South Alabama coach, who has been rumored in the hunt for the D.C. Fresno State and then Washington, you know know the story there. A week ago tonight, he was in the national championship game. Dan Wetzel. A lot of headlines are going to be similar today. Kalen DeBoer's challenge prove Alabama can be great without Nick Saban. Well, they weren't great before Nick Saban, so many wonder about after Nick Saban. According to the coach, Nick Saban will have 100% access to the team. Saban said the other day he will have an office in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Saban and Miss Terry were in the front row Saturday at the news conference. But he will not have access to one of the key players of the year, Isaiah Bond. Without Isaiah Bond, Alabama would not have been in Pasadena. He calls it a business decision. He's heading to Texas. Jim Harbaugh meeting today with Chargers officials one week after he won the Natty, two weeks after he was in Los Angeles beating Alabama. And the biggest story uh, has literally breaking as we are coming on the air. Ross Bjork has emerged as the favorite to replace Gene Smith at one of the most coveted positions in all of college sports at Ohio State. You may remember Ross Bjork was at Ole Miss during the Hugh Freeze scandal. He went to Texas A&M where he gave Jimbo Fisher that extension. Now he goes to Ohio State where he may be finding another coach on the hot seat. We'll talk to Wetzel 30 minutes from now, Brandon Marcello and Alex Scarborough from ESPN. A lot of analysis of the weekend arrival of Kalen DeBoer. He uh, showed up in Tuscaloosa about 9 o'clock on, Saturday, on Friday night, immediately meeting with Coach Saban. He had a press conference Saturday. He has been trying to uh, put a staff together that will be headed up more than likely by Ryan, Gubb, Ryan Grubb as the offensive coordinator. He's also trying to retain 
as many players as he can. Getting good reviews so far, but we haven't heard from the Feinbaum caller. He's the ultimate, the ultimate decider and arbiter of all things Alabama. And our phone number is, of course, uh, 855-242-PAUL. We look forward to hearing from all of you. We'll also spend some time today talking about the meaning of Martin Luther King holiday. I know many of you are home. We appreciate you hanging with us, at least until the games start later on, and uh, we will try to keep you uh, company. Let's uh, check in with Mel first from Florida. Hello, Mel. Good afternoon. Uh, happy uh, MLK Day, and Paul, I've, I've got to uh, tell you why I haven't called in quite a while, probably since last year. Uh, I watch the show faithfully. I tape it when I can't watch live. And Thank you. Um, but I need to explain to you why and why I'm calling now. Uh, when my little brother was born, he's about seven years younger than me. Uh, he was, it was fine. He was fine. No problem. Four or five years old. He never said a word, never spoke. My parents took him to all kind of uh, specialists to see what was wrong. They couldn't find anything wrong. Seven, eight, nine years old, no word. Then one day at the breakfast table, when he was nine years old, he said, my oatmeal's lumpy. <laughs> my parents just about stroked out. And when they picked themselves off the floor, said, son, what in the world? Why have you not spoken a word till now? And he said, everything up until now has been fine. <laughs> That's great. That is fantastic. So everything up to now with me has been fine. It's been okay, Paul, but I can't. I can't stand it anymore. This, the vultures are circling the carcass at Alabama, poaching the players, poaching the coaches, and as it, this is the new face of college football, the new reality. Whenever a coach retires, gets fired, leaves for another job, the vultures start circling, and it's ugly. It's disgusting, and it's the reality because nobody can fix it. The NCAA is powerless to fix it. You know that. And the courts won't let them. And so is this what we're stuck with? Yeah, I mean, you're, it's interesting. Uh, Tavarius Robinson uh, was Nick Saban's uh, coach and one of his top recruiters. Many people believe he played a big role along with uh, Kevin Steele this year. He was hired by Kirby Smart on Saturday, and they moved Will Muschamp out. And then last night, there was speculation and reports, uh, even Greg McElroy today predicting that he would go from Alabama to Georgia back to Alabama. Now, now others are reporting, uh, John Talty being one of them, that he is going to stay at Georgia, even though he just, he has, I'm not even sure he's gotten there yet. Uh, but you're, I give you that example, uh, Mel, because that is where we are. Uh, nobody has any scruples. Nobody has any concern. We're, we're talking about cold-blooded uh, coaches right now who don't don't have any respect for protocol or the way it used to be when it comes to players or coaches. By the way, I'm glad to hear your brother worked out well. That was a, that was a close call. Let's check in with John in Louisville. Hey, John. Good afternoon. Hey. Uh, good afternoon, Paul, and a thoughtful um, MLK day, uh, day to you as well. Thank you. Um, nobody's poaching uh, Tommy Reese. I understand, right? Uh, as of the hour, uh, Tommy Reese seems to, uh, I mean, there was that report the other day that he was a, a finalist for the job, which I, uh, John, never believed because uh, I don't think he's qualified to be the head coach at Alabama. And 
I don't know where he's going, but it probably won't be Alabama. Yeah. Hey, today is uh, Blue Monday, Paul. It's the saddest day of the year. And uh, I think that's, uh, well, let's just put it this way. Jimmy Sexton isn't uh, sad. He's got 42 coaches uh, in his Rolodex and uh, 11 to 14 in the SEC. So he's filling spots, backfilling spots, and um, extorting uh, contract extensions, don't you think? That's what he does. And I've yeah. always argued, uh, John, that as long as he can get away with it, I would do the same thing. And, uh, you know, that's what agents do. Uh, agents are interested in one thing, not how you feel, not how you look, not whether you're happy or sad. It's how much money can they get for you. So, Paul, it's been a great season. A lot of changes, things happening. And, uh, by the way, the audience for the championship game was uh, the highest since uh, – I think LSU played Clemson. But if I had told you last summer that Texas would have enough money in the uh, cash drawer to buy out uh, Jimbo Fisher, that Pac-12 would be a uh, distant memory, Arkansas would hire a coach who had been terminated for cause, Florida State would go undefeated but lose 63-3, to and then Jim Harbaugh would uh, force uh, Nick Saban into retirement, win a uh, championship, and finally, you would have a uh, mea culpa moment where you state you've never been more wrong than you were about Jim Harbaugh. What would you have told me? <laughs> I would have been pretty surprised, but I, 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 will, I will offer this, John. The, the last two weeks have been dizzying. I, I, I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm showing myself to be uh, ignorant of reality, but uh, w my wife and I were watching uh, the news, I think it was yesterday morning on television, it said, uh, you know, welcome to the Today Show on Sunday, January 14th. And I said, January 14th? I mean, literally the last day I remember was New Year's in Pasadena. And I, if you had said for a million dollars, give me the correct date, I would have said January 9th or 10th. I know what you're saying. Hey, one last question, Paul. The uh, Alabama man that uh, went wet and wild, buck naked at the uh, Pro Bass uh, Aquarium, yeah. was he an Alabama or an Auburn fan? And is he a Paul Feinbaum caller? Well, uh, we know what we we know we know what he was. We don't know about Alabama or Auburn. But the the funniest thing I said the, I read the other day, somebody wrote uh, that you know Coach DeBoer did a great job, uh, and I'm sure his family is thrilled. But just wait till Monday when they turn on the Fine Bomb Show. That's when they'll be in for a reality check. We'll take a short break. We have a lot to do here on this MLK Day. We are coming right back. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. We welcome you back. We have been listening to uh, Kalen DeBoer during the uh, press conference, primarily talking about Coach Saban, who was there in the front row. I was not there Saturday, so I, I may have missed it, but I've covered a number of these things in Tuscaloosa, including the one 17 years ago. He could have mentioned him, but to show you where we are, it's, two, it's 2024, and the, and the man I'm about to mention uh, it has been gone for 41 years, but it used to be that every time Alabama hired a coach, the whole uh, the, 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 the preamble to the speech was, I'll, ne- I'll, my, I'll never be the best coach in Alabama history. That belongs to uh, Paul Bryant. And now it's, uh, Bryant is like a memory. Uh, he, he did not exist because of the shadow of Nick Saban. That's progress for, for Alabama. When, every, when so many coaches fail because they could not get out of Bryant's get, uh, shadow, now it's can they get out of Nick Saban's shadow as well. Let's get to the calls. Uh, and Chuck is up next. Uh, hello, Chuck. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Feinbaum? First You're doing time great. Calling. Thank you. Yeah, I was just saying that I, I've been really studied about this coach we got. And uh, Lavore, he, he's a great coach. I, I heard that they had a committee that tried to find everything they could about him, not only the good but the bad. And they searched really, really hard. And all the thousands of things they looked at, they only found one little thing that was wrong with him, and it wasn't that bad. And and I just I thought, man, we've got a great coach. And I was just I was just tickled to death that we have this new coach. Well, that is uh, fantastic. Thank you, Chuck. You be well. You take care of yourself. Uh, Mikey is up next in Tennessee. Hey, Mikey. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I want to just take this time as a veteran um, on Martin Luther King Day. Everybody seems to be afraid to say the name, you know, MLK, Martin Luther King. But um, I want to pay homage to, you know, the Muskegee Airmen, number one, and number two, the 761st Tank Battalion um, and what they did uh, for us in World War II. Um, they're brothers of mine from a different mother, and I love them. Thank you for everything that they did. And there's only one surviving member, and I'm not sure when that was, but um, hopefully he's still surviving. But the families out there know that we love them and thank them for everything they did for us. When all of America at that time, the white boys, us white boys, said, oh, they couldn't do it, they'll be the first to run. And they were actually the last to run when one of their majors actually took and um, tucked his tail in between his legs and ran. Well, that is fabulous. And I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, them. They are such an important part of history. And uh, we are in your debt. Thank you so much. Uh, 
Bash is up next. Hey, Bash. Happy MLK Day, my Bash brother Paul. How are you doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much. Great to hear. I, uh, I wanted to start my call with addressing two callers from last week. I'm Ann Stacy. Let me address Stacy first. Stacy, last week he said he called from the hospital. I just want to start and say thoughts and prayers to him, his family, friends, whatever's going on. Just start right there. But Stacy, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. How are you going to come on the show and say a 12-year-old child needs to be spanked? You're just jealous because Paul found himself a new favorite Crimson Tide caller, and it's not you. So go cry about it in the Alabama River, you Birmingham cheesecake. Now, let me get to my message to my Montgomery brother, I-Man. Or I should really call him a Montgomery bum. This man last week came on the show and said Nick Saban, the greatest of all time, quit. And he's a quitter, and he quit on the Bammers. Let me tell you something, I-Man. You want an example of quitting? Just look at your team when you played New Mexico State. Oh, you need another example? How about your team when you lost the Music City Bowl to Maryland? Oh, one more. Your defense during the Gravedigger play. That is what quitting looks like, I-Man. Shut the hell up, you Montgomery bum. The next time I come to my city where I was born in, I'm going to give you some change because you look like a homeless piece of trash. Paul, one last question I just want to ask you. Do you want to know why I-Man hangs around the, the water tank all the time? No, why's that? Because his broke ass can't afford to shower. <laughs> hey, well done. Thank you. Abe is up next in Ann Arbor. Hello, Abe. Hey, Paul. How are you doing this afternoon, sir? We are doing well. Thank you so much. I'm doing well. Paul, I've been wanting to call you since I got back from Houston. And I just want to say I'd like to reach out to Olive Branch and make a truce to you between us and me as a representative of Michigan Wolverine fans. Truce accepted. Thank you. All right, Paul, I got to say, I respect a lot of the stuff you've done. Um, I remember some of the stuff you said I feel was warranted about Michigan and its fans. But then it got to a point, you know, we started to see a little bit of success. We were, we were building some momentum. And then I felt like a little bit of it was unwarranted. And that's what caused the animosity, Paul. I respect all your actions and your humbleness after, you, after we won the national. I want to tell Michigan fans it's all good. We got a ring. We got a trophy. You know, we don't need any enemies. And, Paul, we hope to see you in the future, man. We hope to keep beating your ass. We hope to win more championships. It's going to be rough, so we hope okay. we can do it. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I watched some of the uh, celebration on Saturday. The uh, place was uh, rocking up there. Dominic is up next in Pittsburgh. What's up, Dominic? Hey, Paul, how you doing? Are you off school today, Dominic? Yep, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Good deal. Yeah, so I wanted to call and talk about a couple things. Oh, and by the way, I put your letter in the mail today to Coach Saban for you and Randy's autograph. Okay. We got it covered. First, uh, yeah. First, I wanted to thank you and my new friend, Legend, for defending me from what that bonehead Stacy was saying about me. I love you guys. How the heck is he a Bama fan? 
Doesn't he know we are built different? I can't believe he was trying to talk smack on another Bama fan. He should know I'm built different, and I a little in a little whooping don't scare me at all. Also, I'm really happy with the way the new staff is coming together. Although I feel like Tuscaloosa is the new Rome waiting for smoke signals to announce a new staff member or portal entry, Grubat offensive coordinator is huge. The O-line coach coming is great. We could use another Joe Moore award down there in Tuscaloosa. My Uncle Billy used to drink beers with Joe Moore, and he said he was the man. Hopefully the shakeout in the portal will slow down with the new coaches coming in. Those who stay will be champions. Gotta go. Watch Minka and Nick Najee now. Roll damn tide, Paul! See you later, buddy! See you, Dominic. I think I like Dominic better when he wasn't scripted. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a break. More to come right after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. Dan Wetzel, Kalen DeBoer's challenge, prove Alabama can be great without Nick Saban, I may have read that too quickly. It's, the challenge is, pause, prove Alabama can be great without Saban. Dan Wetzel joining us. Uh, Dan, thank you. Uh, we've talked to you quite a bit recently. And uh, now we talk about a new coach at the University of Alabama. Uh, your thoughts early on and uh, what it all means. Well, I think it's a terrific hire. Um, I think Kalen DeBoer is a proven to be an exceptional coach at multiple levels. Obviously, uh, the work in two years at Washington, uh, super impressive. The three national titles when he was at NAIA, um, I think is important and all of that. So um, it's not easy. (laughs) Not easy. You know, no one's going to be Nick Saban, right? Uh, But I, I think that they did a great job of getting that, that, uh, really promising coach. But, uh, obviously the challenges are everywhere. Can, you know, can you not, it's not about living up to Nick Saban, but it's still about winning, you know, in every single way, whether it's recruiting or transfers or roster or hiring coaches or let alone uh, on Saturday in, in an SEC that's even more difficult uh, than the one uh, Saban ruled. 
and in a time when the sport is undergoing changes in a way that I don't know would even allow uh, the blueprint Nick Saban had to succeed. So um, it's it's going to be really interesting. You know, uh, is Alabama uh, impervious to setback? No, of course not. No program is. Uh, it might have been because they had Nick Saban, but it's not. Uh, any everyone has down downslides. Alabama had a ten year one before Saban got there. And uh, I think in this upcoming era of college football, it's even more likely that some years aren't going to go quite the way way they did. And can you handle that pressure when, you know, the recent memory is, man, a two-loss season was almost uh, unthinkable. Yeah, I think the only way to do it, Dan, is to uh, take a snapshot of, of DeBoer Saturday and see what he looks like in six months or nine months or – Twelve months. It's like, <laughs> it's like it's like you've seen those things of the like like remember when Obama went President. to the White House uh, eight years later he looked like he wasn't even the same guy and and that's what happens at Alabama. Nick Saban's the only guy that really still looks fairly young even though he's not. Yeah, and and even the job wore him down right uh, eventually. Now, granted, he was seventy two years old and doing a lot more than I, I'm sure I'll be doing. I do now, let alone at seventy two, but um. Yeah, I mean the the pressure is enormous, and it's it, it's very very hard to to follow the legend. And we've seen many, you know, many instances, especially in college sports, where it just doesn't work. And I, I just think like it's we don't know what the sport, how the sport is going to play out over the next five years. The way rosters are put together, it used to be you recruit the best class over and over and over, and you're going to win a lot of games. And Nick Saban was perfect at that. Um, but you know, even four or five years ago, it would have been implausible that Washington and Michigan, as good as those teams were with their talent levels could possibly play for a national title and Michigan could win. That, that wasn't how it was. It was how many stacks of five-star classes could you put together and then you coach them up and then it's still a nice fight with three or four schools. All of a sudden, the way the sport is, and I think it will change again next time when we get into the 12-team playoff, there's there's multiple routes to get there. And so we've seen TCU, Washington, and Michigan are three of your last four finalists. And and that just could not have happened in, 19, in 2018 um, when it was the same four or five schools. So I don't even know that Nick Saban's blueprint, even if you could duplicate it as well as Nick Saban, would work going forward over these next five years. So um, in some ways, I think it's, it's really good for Alabama to kind of make a break and have someone who's, who, who's built a roster of different, different ways to get it going. But the pressure will be enormous. I know every, every Alabama fan I've spoken to, everyone around Alabama, well, you know, we're not going to be quite as good. We know that. And then you say, but the, 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 the word doing all the work there is quite as good. What, what exactly is your definition of quite as good? Like, we're not leading every game at halftime. Are we allowed to have a few losses? You're, you know, the, you're adding Texas and Oklahoma to this thing. as they're extra hard games. Um, and, and really, with the, with the expansion of the playoff, you're going to get in. You don't have to go perfect anymore. You can get in. But, um, you know, you look at the NFL, just, just getting into the playoff isn't enough anymore. Mike McCarthy's not feeling real good right now in Dallas. He got in the playoffs. So everything's changing in the sport in different ways, and and the parity is coming, and that makes it hard to just have these king programs that 
Alabama fans have been able to enjoy um, because they had the ultimate the ultimate uh, juggernaut. Dan Wetzel with us from Yahoo. Dan, I, I realize everything at, at this point is speculation and conjecture, but if you had to zero in, knowing this part of the country, you've been there a number of times, know, what do you think will be the biggest adjustment for Kalen DeBoer? Uh, the intensity of, of an SEC recruiting battle. Um, you know, it's, it's, nobody gives up until the, the ink is, you know, the email sent in or the ink is dry or whatever the, you know, um, it's sort of like someone verbally commits and it's like, okay, now we know who to, who we got to concentrate to drag down. Um, the, the intensity of the recruiting is just is so significant. And, and there's no like secret prospects. Like everybody knows all the players heavily scouted. Um, you know, the thing about Alabama, as many advantages as it has and, budgets and fans and history and all the great things it has it's it's not there are not organic ways that it is superior to other programs the state of alabama produces more really good players than i think in the past but auburn's going to get some of them if not half of them they're going to get they're going to get their share and so you have to go into other states and win big recruiting battles and what saban particularly was able to do in louisiana because he had been at lsu and down in South Florida and in Florida, uh, and then later as they kept winning and turning out draft picks, Texas was really good, and then eventually he's grabbing QBs from California, and he was going wherever the heck he wanted to because he was Nick Saban. Um, but you have to fight and win a lot of battles on other people's turf, and if you don't beat them, you're going to play against that guy. And what is it about Alabama? There's nothing intrinsically about Alabama that someone would say, I've got to go to Alabama instead of LSU or Georgia or Florida or Tennessee. Like all these places are great places to go play college football. So what do you bring to the table that makes me be able to go in and get the best prospect out of South Carolina, the best prospect out of Atlanta, the best prospect out of Miami. So not only do I have them, but I don't have to play against them. That intensity of that fight. And you guys, you know how hard it is. Um, is what's going to be really interesting to see what a Kalen DeBoer can do. And Dan, uh, I don't want to pretend to know what it's like to coach in South Dakota, other than I would never want to even visit South Dakota (laughs) after about maybe August 15th. But I've been to games in Seattle and and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a fantastic culture, but it's a different mindset. You got a pro team there, which until last week had a legendary coach. Uh, you, you need to win, but you don't have to win every game to, to have a quality of life. Uh, I know you've addressed it in part in recruiting, but just his family. Uh, yeah. We heard Greg Burns say something Fishbowl. very interesting oh, yeah. a minute ago. He said Nicole, uh, which is DeBoer's wife, is not, Nick, is not Terry Saban. I, I don't know what that meant, but I have a, I have a pretty good idea. Just your, your take on the, the move across country for the entire family. Oh yeah, I mean you you can go out to eat in in Seattle and and uh, and and go out to you just go out to eat. Maybe no one notices you. I think one of the you know Lincoln Riley talked about this. Um, and obviously at Oklahoma he was you know the biggest celebrity in the state. You're the Oklahoma football coach, and it's it's similar if not even more intense in in Alabama. Um, but he said one of the selling points on going to um, USC is 
he was out to eat with somebody and they said, look, no one's bothering us. Like you can just, you're a celebrity, but you're not a big celebrity here. So you can get the perks of being a celebrity. No one, no one really cares. You're not in movies. You're not Tom Cruise. You're not this or that. And, uh, no. and that's great. And, and, and there's a, there's a, there's a great bit of that. You go to a Pac-12 football game into a lot of them. Maybe Oregon's a little different, but most of them, hey, we win. That's fantastic. We don't. Oh, there's worse things that can happen. I'm going to get on my sailboat and go around Puget Sound. I'll be all right. Maybe the Seahawks <laughs> win tomorrow. Maybe someone else. Alabama is all-consuming, 365 days a year. They're going to they're going to be stories and coverage if if you're trying to get a assistant defensive back coach and he chooses to sign and go with Georgia instead of you. That's going to be a story. That's going to be a point of discussion. That that is not the discussion in most places in this country. But it is all encompassing. The pressure is enormous. That's what makes the job great. That's what draws people to take that challenge, but it is a grind, and it is hard. It is hard to do for a long time. Uh, what what you had in Nick Saban was something otherworldly, and I don't even know if Nick could have handled it until he came back from the pros. Like he wasn't really Nick Saban until he got to Alabama. He was obviously great at LSU, won national title, won two SEC titles, but he he wasn't what he became. And it takes a lot of experience and a lot of know-how on how to handle and channel all that and, and do it all, including your, you know, Miss Terry became Miss Terry. Like, she became her own figure, larger-than-life figure in the state on her own, and, and, and that takes a challenge. So there's just so much that goes into these fishbowl jobs, and um, that's the only question. I, I, I agree. I don't think uh, Sioux Falls College or whatever it is uh, quite had that. I don't think they were stomping them in the streets of Sioux Falls wondering what was going on in the NAIA playoffs. It was interesting, uh, Dan, uh, and we, we were watching some of the clips as we closed down here, um, of Nick and Miss Terry uh, at the press conference in the front row. And, uh, of course, DeBoer had to talk about Nick Saban, but just your thought from a little bit of distance. I mean, we, we love anything that connects Nick Saban to Alabama down here, but how did you view that from afar? You know, I've been really impressed at how uh, Nick retired. He just retired, did a few interviews. Um, I, I saw, you know, the ESPN one. I, I imagine he did some local news or something. I uh, hope he did. Um, uh, obviously, he did. By you the way, be uh, there for that. He, uh, Dan, he did not. He did not. Okay, well, maybe I'm not. He should have. He should have. That's actually disappointing. But I like that he didn't do a whole lot, but he definitely should have talked to the local media. Um that, that, that did so much for that program. Uh, so that's a little disappointing, but I do like this wasn't a, this over-the-top fanfare, this, this is a prolonged thing, and you guys should all worship me and thank me or anything like that. He just sort of retired. Um, but, you know, you need that visual, and then it's going to be interesting. Does he head to Florida and stay out of the way? That's probably the best move. Guys like us, media vultures, we prefer the uh, palace intrigue of him, you know, shaking his head on the 40-yard line or some <laughs> some luxury box, say, ah, you know, I would have run it here. You know, I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to give DeBoer. I think it was important to be there to, to, to you know, sort of that uh, peaceful transfer of power, or like uh, a king uh, abdicating the crown uh, and show that, but then he probably needs to, to, to get out of the get out of the way. But so you're saying like a presidential inauguration, right, uh, Dan? Like when the one president, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
we're moving on, but uh, and I'm getting out of the way. You don't need that. Huge sometimes. <laughs> we're gonna stay <laughs> out of that one. Let's, <laughs> let's just stay away from that topic. I'm in enough trouble. Um, but we'll be interested to see what what goes on with all that. But I, my guess is he, you know, I don't, I don't know what he wants to do and and all that. But uh, if you're listening, Nick, uh, you know, sit down with some of the local guys. They deserve it, and the, the people would like to hear it. Coming from Dan Wetzel, I'm sure that will have a big impact on Nick Saban's decision-making. I'm sure. I'm sure. Dan, great to see you. Uh, thanks so much for being on. Dan Wetzel with some uh, amazing perspective from Yahoo. We will talk to some more people about this. There are other subjects, I- I'm aware. We are here on MLK Day, and uh, the DeBoer hire is not the only thing going on. It just seems that way. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. What a day it is as we remember Dr. Martin Luther King and that uh, day 16 years ago when that phone call came in that we've been talking about ever since. Uh, Let's get back to the calls. And Jim is up next. Uh, Hello, Jim. Paul, I hope I've got time to finish this and make this point because it's very vital and important to me. I think it's a very, very vital fact and point to make. I've been thinking about, you know, I've studied a lot of the Bible. I'm, I, I'm not an expert, but I've studied it. And I, what I know, I know. Do you believe God plants thoughts in, in people's minds to, uh, to talk about things? I think it's entirely possible, yes. Well, that's, I think, what he did to me yesterday, on Friday. The thought came to my mind about Nick Saban and equally yoked as, a, as his wife, Kay Saban. And this is what came to me. And I had thought about but not, not to this degree. It came to my mind that she is literally equally, I'm talking equally responsible for his success or their success, both of them, in football and, or anything else, what they've done. And here's why. There's a, there's a scripture where it says, any two of you touching and agreeing in, in my Father's name, in Jesus' name, in my, the ask of my Father, it shall be done if it's in his will. That's a powerful agreement thing that everybody that's a Christian knows. Now, this is what came to me in regard to uh, Saban and, and Ter- Miss Terry. It says uh, in Proverbs, all through there, it's, it talks about a twofold cord shall not be easily broken. That means two of you together, 100% together. And that's what they've been. And I'm telling you, that's the fact of why they've been, both of them equally have been successful and he's been successful. It's not just Nick. It's it's her too. I mean, that's a powerful thing. And it's rare you can get two. I'm I know I'm not been married. But two married people in total 100 agreement. But they've been that way. It seems like all their life, all their married life. And it's I, I firmly believe. And then to confirm that, Namath brought that up, and it blew my mind. Namath brought that up Friday night. I had just thought about it. Friday afternoon, and name was brought up in an interview Friday night. So listen, Miss Terry is totally responsible as much as Nick is for their success. I thought, wow, Namus said that, and he said that. He actually said that. Uh, Jim, I'll tell you something real quickly. Uh, I talked to somebody that worked for Nick Saban for a long time yesterday, and he told me the same thing. He said he, uh, Nick Saban does not make any decisions 
without her, that she's an equal partner in running every operation. And one more thing, and I think you'll like this. I had another person describe, after hearing Terry on Arnold here a couple weeks ago, that the two of them have more than a their coach and, and first lady. They're, they have a ministry, and I think that's been a big impact, has had a big impact on everybody this year. Thank you, Jim, for the call. We head to the break. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.